Well, it's a real privilege uh, to be with you this morning and to be able to share uh, what God's been saying to me from these two parables, uh, the parable of the growing seed and the parable of the mustard seed. And I hope that as we look at them together, uh, they will speak to you uh, as well. I'm not sure I've ever heard a sermon on the parable of the growing seed. And, and by the time uh, I've finished this, uh, maybe we might all realise uh, why that's the case. These parables come in Mark chapter four, which is essentially made up of a sermon by Jesus uh, in parables. And most of Mark chapter four uh, consists of the parable of the sower and its interpretation. And the parable of the sower, as you might know, is built on the contrast between seed falling on four different kinds of soil, uh, falling on the path, the rocky ground, among thorns, and then finally on the good soil. And as Jesus explains it, it becomes clear that the, the parable is about how people hear and respond to his message. And the seed falling on good for, soil, Jesus says, are those who hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, even 100 times what's sown. And the two parables we're looking at this morning come after it and are, if you like, an extension of it. Like the parable of the sower, they both involve sowing someone scattering seed. And through them, Jesus is continuing to explain how the kingdom of God, how God's rule is made manifest amongst us. More specifically, I think the two parables are taking the final part of the parable of the sower, the seed falling on the good soil, as their starting point and explaining what that growth, 30, 60, a hundred times looks like. And while the parable of so is about us and how we respond to Jesus' message, the two parables that follow are instead about what God does in response to our faithful response and the mysterious yet marvellous growth that he brings about. So firstly, the parable of the growing seed, verses 26 to 29. A much better name for this parable would be the parable of a seed growing by itself. That's the main and only point of the parable, which is why I've probably never heard a sermon entirely devoted to it. Unlike the parable of the sower, where the farmer stands for God, in this parable, the farmer can't be God because he figures as an irrelevant and ignorant bystander. All by itself, Jesus says, the seed grows whether the farmer sleeps or gets up, and he has no idea how it grows. And the point of the parable is that the growth of the kingdom is an entirely divine act. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I planted the seed, Apollos waters it, but God has been making it grow. In other words, Paul is trying to get the Corinthians to stop obsessing about him and Apollos, and in doing that he is making the point that the growth of the kingdom is an entirely divine act. The biblical scholar George Ladd, who wrote probably the most important uh, work on the kingdom uh, in the New Testament in the 20th century, uh, wrote this. He said, the kingdom of God can come, arrive, appear, be active. God can give the kingdom to people, but they cannot give it to each other. God can take it away from people, but they do not take it away from one another. Men and women can enter the kingdom, but they are never said to erect or build it. People can receive the kingdom, 
but they are never said to establish it. They can reject the kingdom, but they can never destroy it. They can look for it, pray for its coming, and seek it, but they can never bring it. And then Jesus continues with the parable of the mustard seed, verse 30 onwards, with its equally simple point, the contrast between the tiny mustard seed and the large tree that grows from it. In the same way, Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God, God's rule among us, can spring up from even the most seemingly insignificant of beginnings. Or to put it another way, the fact that very little seems to be going on does not mean that God is not about to manifest his kingdom in a spectacular way. To Jesus' disciples, uh, those who, like the good soil, had heard and received his message, both parables would have come as a reassurance and an encouragement. They were surrounded by lots of seemingly more radical revolutionary movements like the Zealots or even the Pharisees, Jews who, unlike Jesus, advocated taking matters into their own hands in order to bring in God's kingdom. And next to them, Jesus would have appeared as a very passive and acquiescent figure. The parable of a seed growing by itself is Jesus' response to that, that the kingdom is God's kingdom and it's for him to bring it in. Likewise, Jews of Jesus' day expected the Messiah to come with great fanfare and vast armies to bring in God's kingdom. And next to that, Jesus' small bands of wandering followers would have appeared like a complete irrelevance. And again, the parable of the mustard seed is Jesus' response to that, that even from such seemingly insignificant beginnings, God can be about to manifest his kingdom in a spectacular way. And I found as I've been uh, looking and thinking about these parables this week, they, they have been a reassurance and an encouragement to me. And I hope they can be to you as well as we navigate uh, this pandemic and this lockdown as Christians. It can be easy in the midst of this lo lockdown to be discouraged and frustrated that we can't do more to advance God's kingdom. And that as a result, there doesn't seem to be very much going on at all. And yet the re reassurance and encouragement is that it remains God's kingdom, which he brings in. And although what we see is on a much smaller scale than what we might hope for, that doesn't mean that the kingdom's fruit is not about to emerge in a magnificent and surprising way in due time. And I guess thinking about that made me think this week about Captain Tom, who sadly passed away last week. This unexpected hero who became such a symbol of hope in the battle against the COVID uh, pandemic. We probably all know the story. This initiative uh, that started as an attempt to raise a thousand pounds for the NHS by walking a hundred lengths of his garden before his hundredth birthday in the end raised £39 million, pounds, uh, attracting 1.5 million individual donations, a number one signal, single, and a knighthood bestowed personally on him uh, by the Queen. And I guess the thing that particularly uh, for me has struck me as people have been talking about his life and example, is just how remarkable it is that someone would live in obscurity for 99 years of their life and then be catapulted into global fame in their hundredth and final year.
And I guess it got me thinking that uh, we probably all know uh, the odd spiritual Captain Tom or two. People have, who for years of their lives, even perhaps most of their lives, seem totally uninterested in faith, who then late in life explode into spiritual life and are incredibly fruitful in their Christian lives. Was, that makes me think of uh, a member of our congregation here in Broxbourne, uh, who became a Christian in his, in his 70s, really out of nowhere, having not shown any interest in God uh, before that. And he walks everywhere uh, in Broxbourne and is probably now one of the most famous Christians in Broxbourne. But actually, even beyond that, most of us pr could probably point uh, to spiritual Captain Tom uh, moments in our lives. Perhaps times in our lives where at the time, if you'd asked us, we would have said that God wasn't very involved, wasn't doing very much. But then we're followed by periods of intense spiritual growth. And looking back, uh, we would say that we could see God's hand at work, even in those fallow times. And I guess it's an encouragement as we continue to journey through these strange times uh, to continue to look at ourselves and others through the eyes of faith, the eyes that understand that the kingdom is God's kingdom and he is a God who works wonders even from the smallest of things. May we pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these uh, two parables that Jesus told and for the encouragement that we find in them. Lord, we pray that as we continue to walk uh, through uh, these difficult times, you would continue to help us to have our spiritual eyes open. Lord, to see what you are wanting to do uh, in us, in the people around us, in the situations and places that we encounter. Lord, that you might lead us by your Holy Spirit to see where you are bringing your rule of love, justice and peace to bear. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.